It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They have won the Rachel Hayhoe Trophy. Well, haven't we witnessed some absolutely sensational test cricket? Ash Gardner, take a bow. Welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast. We're back. It's been a while, but we're here with a bumper episode about university cricket. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, the very sleepy, because she's an Indian, the early hours of the morning, because she loves this podcast so much. It's Nikki Chowdhury. Good morning. Good night. Good. What is it? It is like nearly three o'clock in the morning. I do this for the love of the podcast, Mel. And and what else? And, and, you, and yes, of course, I get the pleasure of seeing your face for a good 90 minutes before I go to sleep. That's what every girl dreams of seeing before she goes to sleep is my lovely face. Now, before we get stuck into this podcast, a few things to mention. We have been nominated for the Sports Podcast Awards in two categories. Do, 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 do. Best Cricket Podcast and Social Impact and Equality or Equality and Social Impact, whichever way around you want to go. But please do vote if you haven't already. There was a few issues with the voting early on. That has been solved. It's now so much easier to vote on your phones or mobile devices. So please go ahead and do it. It's one vote per email account. So if you have loads of old emails from when you were a kid, go boost them up again and vote. I used to have an email account called evilpenguin at gmail.com. So I might try and find the password for that and vote for the best cricket podcast. Yeah, I used to have an email account called bubs13 at hotmail.com. I managed to get out of Jack Leach on a commentary once that his old email account, I think, I've got to remember it right now. I think it was bounce and turn or spin and turn was Jack Leach's old email account. Drift and turn. I think it was drift and turn. It was the best moment of radio of my life. So everyone, even England cricketers have dodgy email accounts. Talking about email accounts, I remember during the summer, I was listening to some comms on TMS and Alex Hartley mistakenly revealed Danny Wyatt's email on there. I remember that as well. So let's not do that. Let's not do we that. We all sat in the office in Salford and we were like, wait, what? 
Well, speaking of getting in touch with people, you can get in touch with us at Storylines Pod on Instagram or Twitter. And guys, we have an email now. It's storylinespod at gmail.com. That's storylinespod at gmail.com. So if you want to get in touch, you now have three ways to do it, guys. We've moved into the modern age with email. Are you proud of us? When did this happen? This is how sleepy you are, Nikki. You're just... You don't know what's real. You don't know what's not anymore. Now, a final thing to celebrate before we meet our wonderful panel of university committee members. Big up Sue Redfern. Sue Redfern is going to become the first ICC appointed female neutral umpire to stand in a bilateral series. Someone signal the Sue Redfern klaxon because it's time to have a party. Sue is suing, man. Yeah, see, we, we kind of try to coin Sue is suing, but from a legal perspective, who is Sue suing? Is it is it for defamation? Can you please Has... put the lawyer in you aside right now? Has someone breached a contract? You're doing your exams. I know, you're a lawyer. I just wanted people to remember, but a massive congratulations to Sue Redfern in Australia. Hopefully it's going to be a little bit warmer over there. Throughout this episode, you're going to be hearing snippets of people sharing their university experiences. So keep an ear out. There are truly some really wonderful stories to come from girls joining their university clubs. Now, for today's episode, we are focusing on university cricket. I had a great time at uni with both Southampton University and Bristol's women's clubs. I made some great friends. I learned how to fashion fancy dress out of recycling in under two hours. And I learned to never, ever dive for the ball when you're playing indoor cricket. You've got to learn sometimes through immense pain. But to tell us more about the ins and outs of university cricket, because me and Nikki are old now, we, ha- we haven't been back there for a while, we have been joined by a wonderful group of people. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Should we start with you, Evie? Hi, hi, Melissa. Hi, Nikki. Um, yeah, so I'm Evie, and I was president of Warwick Women's Cricket Club for two years, and then prior to that, I was a member of the club. And now I'm a master's student studying sports journalism. So sport has been following me and will continue to follow me for the rest of my life. Uh, but yeah, that's me pretty much. Brilliant. Chloe? Hi, I'm Chloe and um, I'm currently club captain at Cardiff Metropolitan University women's cricket team. I've been a part of the cricket club there for two years now. I'm currently in my third year and has worked my way up to club captain. Awesome. Izzy? Uh, hi, I'm Izzy. I'm at Cambridge University and I've been captain for like two and a half years now, just because our captain kind of got kind of injured in the first year. I study history. A lot of pressure to be captain for two years, my goodness, isn't it, Immy? Hi, I'm Immy. I'm also at Cambridge Uni with Izzy and I'm co-president this year in my third and final year and I was treasurer last year. Awesome. And last but not least, Emma. I'm Emma. I've been at uni for way too long. I'm doing a PhD in sports coaching. And I played for the uni for, I want to say, four, five years. Uh, and now I'm, I'm coaching. Amazing. So we have a vast range of people joining us today. And just to kind of kick things off, this, imagine this is kind of like a classroom. I'm that teacher who's going to ask a question. And even if you don't want to answer, I'm going to stare you down until you do. Who wants to provide kind of a general overview of your, your women's university cricket club, you know, its structure, its size and, and the kind of key activities you get up to? Imi, do you want to start us off? So at Cambridge, we have around 53 members this year on the women's side. 
um massive uptake from I think when I joined we had about 20 so we have one team that competitively enters but had our first indoor as well this year and then we're hoping to get our first second team fixtures out this summer which is exciting but we are joined with our men's club as well so I think overall we're about 100 members amazing I mean you go for it so yeah when I started I got from from what I understand there's always been some kind of form of women's cricket at Cardiff Met, um, formerly called UIT. But when I started in 2015, I think we had about six, seven girls. Uh, so we just stayed indoor. That was it. 2018 was where we managed to put an outdoor team up for the, the first time since I've been there. And now this year, we've had such a good uptake that we've now got a performance and a development squad for hopefully two teams to be playing. One team will be in Bucks, but at least in friendly fixtures for our second team. And Evie, the kind of structure at Warwick as well? It varies in the year between about 35 to 50 members at Warwick. With We've got indoor team, probably like with six per indoor team. So two of those teams. And then we have a Bucks team that plays in the summer. Yeah, that's pretty much the structure of it. And we're all under the rules of the SU and the Students' Union. And yeah, run events like, I'm sure everyone else does, like socials, like, go to the pub or like sober socials like like board game night painting stuff like that so yeah it's it's not just the cricket side but like the social side which is what we like to emphasize because we're not like a sporty uni but yeah i had the opportunity to play cricket at cardiff university after coming up through the age groups at county level playing cricket at university allowed me to continue playing in a women's team at high level Unlike other sports, I found that women's cricket was very inclusive and had a range of abilities with all the teams training together, allowing the girls with more experience to provide guidance to the newcomers. The teams picked up in popularity during my time at university, going from socials fortnightly to weekly, and as someone who was part of a range of clubs at university, I always found a women's cricket team was the most friendly and welcoming. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. From what it sounds like, and obviously having heard about other people's various experiences, I assume there's a mix of players within your club. So is it difficult, what do you think, like to accommodate the different levels of players and their skill levels, especially considering at university it's open to so many different people from different backgrounds, diverse background of players You like from what I've seen, um, and including those who've come from the county setup so those who are absolutely beginners in the sport and don't know where to start how do you guys deal with that what do you find so we kind of go with like a middle ground which means like 
that's split between our squads like the beginners have their own sessions with people who it's often people are quite good but they're not that confident and they like put themselves in the beginners that's where they want to be so that kind of caters and like those sessions which are once a week like take them at whatever pace they want to go at and then with the blue squad with the performance squad like there's a range like we've got someone who's been on like the diamonds academy versus like people that maybe just play club cricket um so we kind of just go with a middle ground and like hope that if people have issues or make it clear that if people have issues they should come to us and like if they don't feel like the pace if they feel like the pace is wrong of the training like just keep us updated because it's quite it's really hard to cater for 18 different standards I suppose it's been to start off with there's probably like lesser levels so um, I think I was one of the only county players that I know there was X county I don't know if it was current county but then over the years we've had like Lauren Filer, Nat Ray. Um, Alex Griffith, all of those people that uh, laugh, like Sophie Laugh um, and stuff like that, they were all at the university. I think it's definitely down to the character of the individual because I know some people, if they're of a higher standard and um, potentially see that the, the, that the university cricket setup isn't as strong as they'd like, sometimes they leave well alone. I've, I've heard about it in other instances in other universities, but I've been really lucky with the uptake of and like the patience of some of the girls and when we've had complete beginners along with semi-professional slash professional cricketers when we've had to train as a whole group uh, it's been really good because they've been really patient and they've been really trying to help those we tried to split it up as much as we can but me being the only coach for the last few years it's been difficult to, to accommodate for everyone but it's been really good and beneficial and it's a bit different now that we've got performance and development so we can really focus in on those beginners but yeah at the, at the start it was kind of tough and then also when you're scraping the barrel for what 11 each week you just kind of have to go with what you've got so it, it creates good team cohesion and yeah there's a lot of patience and a lot of um helping each other out which has been really good well because i remember at university of course a lot of the bucks fixtures which has already been mentioned is kind of you know the main source of summer cricket for universities fall at a time when a lot of students have exams on at the moment it's really tough you've got to get in all these games before everyone goes home for the summer do you feel that sometimes by doing that and sometimes having lesser availability than you'd like players almost get not forced because you're not forcing anyone to play hardball cricket but do you think it almost puts some players outside of their comfort zone and allows them to move up those levels from softball to hardball a bit quicker than they normally would before like my previous few years we've just had a performance squad obviously it was mixed abilities quite a lot um but the trouble is like obviously at the start of the season everyone had a lot of assessments so we were struggling on numbers and it pushed a lot of obviously new cricketers into this unknown hardball like sport and honestly I think it like it they thrived in it because they probably wouldn't have got that opportunity otherwise and like there was one person that had never played cricket ever before she got the opportunity to bowl and she took three wickets in that game and I've never seen a person like smile that much and it was honestly, it was just the best experience ever to like share that experience for her to be able to like, obviously it's a n- completely new sport to her. So to see her have that success in like the first opportunity she got was amazing. In my second year of uni, I was really struggling with my mental health and was just in desperate need of a hobby. 
and my flatmate at the time suggested that I tried cricket literally just because he played. So I went to a taste session. There was a girl there that I kind of knew from first year and we just decided to stick together and go for it. And honestly, I'm so glad I did. I've met some of my best friends through cricket and now I work as a cricket content creator. So honestly, I couldn't be more grateful for that experience. Cricket's not an easy sport as well to, to pick up at a later stage. I know trying to explain the rules of cricket to my friends who aren't fans and it's a literal nightmare. But of course, with those summer offerings, that there is quite a lot going on in terms of like what goes on in the winter as well. What's it kind of like for indoor bucks or potentially I know some universities participate in their local indoor leagues as well. Have you guys had any experiences of that? Um, it was our first year of entering indoor bucks. So I'll just like speak on adapting training for that. Like we kind of always had our set rotor of like one net session a week, one squad training, like one uh, second team, like beginner training. So then like having indoor bucks and like trying to explain the rules, people hadn't played it before. And like just trying to find a place to practice. That sounds stupid, but like our hall doesn't really work. So like the it doesn't bounce off the net. So like it would just like hit the net and then fall. So like trying to work out like other facilities where we can get the the skills that are needed. And then I think it was literally just getting thrown in the deep end and going to the games and just trying it out because we definitely learned a lot. And like well, we played like Warwick and like teams that seem to have been there for quite a long time and we were just like stupid stuff like we we didn't think about like when people would retire and then like you'd put your gloves away and then you'd be like oh I can go back in because I don't feel like that really happens <laughs> much outdoors so yeah I think it's just like learning by going into it for uh, like a Cambridge side of indoor box. Yeah, well, thank you Izzy. We've been quite lucky it's the one thing that we've like focused on um, the only thing I'd say that uh I suppose difficult, like the boys have so many more rounds. Uh, so we're, we've got national indoor finals next, next week, next weekend. And you only get one round, like one preliminary round. There's only, so we have, I think it's split into uh, areas. So we had, I think it was, I don't know whether it was Southwest or something. So we play the likes of Cardiff ones and twos. Uh, I think it was Swansea, Aberystwyth, kind of Wales base. And then, you come top of that, you're, you're through to the finals. There's kind of no, and then you're up, up against like Durham, Loughborough, Exeter, and you've barely even managed to get your eye in, for example. Um, whereas the boys have like round after round after round. So they just get that much more experience. It's quite a, as Izzy was saying, it's quite a bizarre thing to just learn off the back of like just coming into cricket and learning a completely different set of rules and throwing the rule book out for outdoor cricket in comparison to indoor cricket. Um, yeah, I just wish it was there was more of it because everyone seems to really enjoy it and it's, it's a short game that only takes about an hour. So, And Evie? I just want to preface this, that indoor cricket has provided Warwick with... it's It was amazing and like just seeing like the players thrive. Um, I didn't get to play that much because I've been injured for a while, but at the time it, it was amazing and it was so good to play. And unfortunately, the I don't... I'm sure the other clubs have experienced this, but it used to be the case that the men got to play for the Midlands League, got to play at Edgebaston. And we were put in this like facility in Leicester. And it was a bit comical because it was an indoor facility, but the match was called off because it was raining, because there were like leaks in the roof. And like, yeah, I, <laughs> it was bad. But uh, basically... The facilities weren't good enough when I went there in my second year. 
it was extreme it was freezing we we had to it was like the way if the ball like hit you it would like your skin was frozen it felt yeah it just wasn't a positive experience but like actually playing indoor cricket was amazing it was just the facilities were not ideal I'm not sure who that whose responsibility that was but we tried to make quite a big deal out of it and now Warwick plays at Edgebaston with the men but I think that it's been split so that teams are still playing at that facility but I can't say for certain what I'm trying to say is, is that the the facilities aren't quite up to standard with indoor from a work perspective I'm sure you can say you're the very few people you're one of the very few people to have experienced getting an indoor match called off due to rain have you noticed obviously loads of girls again we've touched on the diverse backgrounds and getting involved in this in the game but have you guys had any statistics or looked at and researched into how many of the players at universities have gone back to their home clubs during the breaks and actually taken up the sport back home as a result of getting involved in university cricket? I don't know exact figures, but I think in the past, because our terms are quite short at university, you kind of, you finish uni mid-June and then everyone's off and they go home. I think for the first time this summer I had, there were two or three of the beginners came back and it said that they joined their local clubs and they'd been playing every single weekend. Um, and it's just like the first time you're actually seeing players come back having improved over the summer rather than having done no cricket over the summer and then trying to pick it all back up again, especially for the beginners. So I think it's definitely something that's kind of becoming more prominent as like the years have gone on. And I'd also say, like, I think it's definitely happened more recently for us just because there's more clubs like having second teams and being like more welcome because we definitely like see ourselves at the point of like getting women into cricket and then encourage them to join. But like in Cambridge, there's like a really limited club scene, like this one women's club and it's not in town. So like students saying over the summer, they ask me where I can play. And I'm like, there's not really that many options unless you have a car um so I think like it, it's getting better and like hopefully we'll see more people be able to play it just as more clubs arise and like it's actually local rather than still having to travel a long way to play cricket it helps build my confidence since I was learning a brand new skill that I'd never tried before I was a cricket fan for years before joining uni but I took uni as the opportunity to try a brand new sport and it was the best decision I ever made one of the things that was mentioned in the ICEC report was about making cricket more accessible, was even just the case of making sure people could get to training without this reliance on a car and breaking down some of those barriers which people don't tend to really think of. So a really good point, Izzy. This is not my, my kind of expert point because I stayed so far away from treasury kind of roles when I was at university. So, I mean, you might be good for this, but like, what's the kind of situation with funding? Of course, it, it might vary slightly between your, your three universities, but what are the, is, it, it's, is it satisfactory funding? Have you had to do extra fundraising kind of work? I can see lots of kind of grim faces, so uh, I feel like this could be juicy. Yeah, well, I mean, I just looked at Izzy's face and I wished everyone could see her reaction to this question. I mean, everyone knows that Cambridge as a university has a lot of money and they don't give it to sport and particularly this has been an issue for us <laughs> i think we were in our negatives when i took on treasurer following the cut of the funding from the ucce and the mccu we really were reliant on a lot of that and i came into the role and looked at the subs fees and it was about 200 pounds for beginners to be playing and joining our club and getting 
one, maybe two training sessions a week, no matches. It's not ideal. Thankfully, we've got a load of club kit now. We've managed to build up some of that to try and take that cost off our players. We've been looking at sponsors, but we basically have to pay to train at the uni facilities and play our matches because the women and the men's games are often at the same time. So we have to use other grounds. So yeah, it's not been an easy situation, I think, especially as treasurer, like trying to reduce the costs and make it an accessible sport because it is really expensive has been difficult, um, but we don't want it to be an issue. So yeah, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> I think we was, we are quite limited by the issue in terms of the funding that we're given. From I mean, they can only give what they have and they are severely restricted by the cost of living crisis as well. And they try their best to stop it from rising each year. But as, as already been mentioned, the cost of the actual fee is extremely expensive. And we try and put as much of that as possible into coaching, but it actually means that we can only afford probably about five sessions a term and just one term throughout the whole year. So, and that has quite big ramifications because we can't build, so the coach can't build relationships with the players and see their long-term development like over the year. And then, yeah, so we had to like buy, like sell. So we had a relationship with the night, uh, like local nightclub and we got to sell tickets and make a profit and use that to pay our coach so that we could get them for longer term so there's ways around it but it's just an ideal situation it's not perfect but i'm not gonna complain because there you are like they're doing the most doing what they can hi i'm charlotte and i'm currently a university ambassador for her game two cricket an organization that works towards championing gender equality in cricket in my role, I get to liaise with wonderful university cricket teams, specifically women's teams, and get to meet people from all over the country and help champion their successes, showcase their talents and get more people involved in cricket, making new friends. And it's truly, truly wonderful to see. As a student um, back in 2018 to 2022, I was heavily involved in university cricket. I loved it. It kept me busy. It kept my mental health better. Just to build that routine around something at a time when you're studying and finding routine is really hard. So yeah, there are loads of benefits to it. And I really love the opportunity to volunteer um, with universities again. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about something a bit more positive because we mentioned the social side of things university clubs and societies they're fun to be involved in you can make lasting friendships through them and university of course can can be a pretty lonely isolating experience for some this must make all of you guys you know being involved in these committee positions or, or having been in the past really just happy to see kind of the support your clubs can offer to people going through you know uh a challenging kind of academic period of their lives um we're our story is actually quite cute i think because our two social sets this year uh, are like best friends and they met through cricket like but one one had played before the other was a beginner and like we decided to like formalize the position of social set thing like let's have this on a committee and like make sure they're able to communicate with the men's social sex you can do like interclub socials as well and like they've just like they've come up with term cards there's like uh, eight socials a term which is like every week um and then the men are all like can we come to your socials so like the growing like the club the club growing a bit because like with like 18 people in my first year like you, you couldn't really do enough because people would always be busy and then you'd end up with like four people 
but we're like because we've got like 50 now you've always got like a solid turnout of like 15 to 20 um so yeah I think it, it's definitely just the club growing has helped the socials a lot I think on that as well um I mean so Izzy is one of my best friends actually and I've met her through cricket and we're not the biggest drinkers and I think a lot of the uni sports I play hockey as well and that's a big drinking society and you go out you go clubbing twice a week but at cricket we weren't really like that so at the beginning it was really hard to kind of cater for you've got people who want to go out clubbing drinking and you've got also people who would rather stay in um and I mean like next Monday I think I've got all the girls coming over for a hot chocolate and games night and then in two weeks later they're going on a bar crawl so I think we've definitely finally got the right numbers for the balance as well which is nice. I was just going to say, I really wish my uni did cocoa nights because otherwise everyone was just going out all the time, which does remind me, I've got to say this interesting story about university cricket from the uni I went to, but I'll leave that till the end. The next question I was going to ask was obviously what way do you see like university cricket as a mechanism to keep the women's game active, but also support people's mental health well, obviously we know how important sport is just exercise getting out in the open air just how good it is for the soul um, and especially considering the stress of uni have you noticed changes have you felt anything personally I feel like um the one thing that I've noticed just from being a part of it and when we were talking about previously of scraping to get numbers um I played football and cricket and I think that was a I don't know whether it's the same in other universities but because cricket was mainly in the summer for Bucks, we were able to play two sports at the same time, which you don't often get with other other sports. So I used to rope in all the football girls. They'd never played cricket in their lives. They absolutely loved it. They were keen, ready to give it a go. You just let them borrow some pads and they were they were ready to go. But I think it's I think there's a massive drop off. I usually kind of like if someone's in a county age group or eighteen yeah like sixteen to eighteen is a massive drop off point and Sometimes, and I've seen it at uni here, coaching and playing alongside some of the girls, that um, you really spark that interest again and you get them to kind of fall back in love with the game. And uh, I know we were saying earlier, how some people have joined local clubs. We've got people that have joined local clubs, rejoined or found another cricket club. And yeah, it's one of those things that if they're new to the sport, getting them into cricket, because I don't think people realise how much of a social... I'm so glad that I continue playing all the way through school and stuff like that because I've got lifelong friends that I still keep in touch with now through cricket so it's been really good to see that for other girls. And we've already mentioned already you know the relationship between your university clubs and your men's cricket sides as well. Some universities operate as this kind of one club um, as with Cambridge and others kind of maintain these separate entities. What kind of experiences you know, have kind of arisen from the various engage, you know, arrangements you guys have got. Has they been mainly positive, mainly negative? And as mentioned already by Evie speaking about the facilities, have you ever experienced, you know, any kind of inequalities in that respect? So we joined clubs, I think, about four years ago. Um, we were two separate clubs and then we merged. And I mean, our alumni society hasn't merged, so we are just starting up having a female alumni society, which won't be merged with the men's for various reasons. But yeah, I won't touch that. But I think there have definitely been positives. Um, I think mainly looking into our beginner sessions. So our men come and help out. And I think we've got six or seven who have signed up 
around five sessions to help this term. And that really takes a, I mean, a weight off me and Izzy if we're coaching most weeks, it then lets us pass it on to some of the men. Um, but that has really also helped get this one club vibe, which I think has been really positive and it's definitely got better over the years as like they've become more warm and welcoming to us. That's good to hear. And I'd also just say like, it's quite interesting how it's often attached to committees. Like our shift came when like a different committee handed over and like the the committee was like, we'd sit together at like the, the I, don't, I don't know what they call it, AGMs and like OGMs and all the different meetings and like you'd interact with them. And then suddenly the like relationships across the whole club got more positive. So it's like interesting how like leadership changes um like the vibes of the club anyone else got anything to add about kind of relationship with the men's side when we had like a small group i wouldn't say our relationship was that good with the what like because like uh, as people have previously said there was like six of us getting a social for six people is non-existent so we used to try and join with the boys but some boys were super keen for it uh because we always used to have to we have to train like gym training sessions sometimes for the boys as well. Some are really up for it. Some absolutely did not want anything to do with us. So that always made it a little bit awkward. Um, but it's definitely changed now. We've got guests who's in, like, in charge. He's like the, the head of cricket. So he's tried to implement that one club thing. I'm sure Chloe can talk a little bit more as she's like in it now, the difference potentially. I can definitely say um, at Cardiff Met, it's definitely a very much a positive relationship with our men's club. Like we kind of work together as one. Like currently tonight, we've, we're running like a hurry and quiz night and like all of the boys teams are there. All of the women's teams are there. And like it's mixed teams, everything like it's just normally like in the summer, especially outdoor games. If the women are playing, like the men will come and watch us. And then when the men are playing, we'll make the effort to then go watch them. It's kind of the one club vibe has definitely progressed as I've um, gone through the years at Cardiff Met Cricket. It sounds like obviously there's a bit of a like mixture in like the how much involvement you have with your men's side. This is completely off script, but I just thought I would ask it. <laughs> I was like, it's a question that came off this. But basically, obviously, for those that don't have that much involvement with the men's side is that something you would like to see more of or like do you think there's chances that especially if you've got players or new players from a diverse background or maybe not as familiar with the sport do you think that could cause more harm than good because I know there's mixed opinions on it so I just wanted to get your take on it I think it's a good thing in the long term because not all of us have grown up playing cricket um I don't have as big of an experience as some people I do have more than others and I think that the men with regards to coaching especially we found it hard to get a coach and having the men help us out they have more knowledge on tactics on skills um that I think that because they are getting drilled into them from a younger age in school and all of that I think that is a positive bonus but it's definitely something that we do have sessions and we say that we're having the men help us coach and like you do have to make sure that everyone's comfortable with it for sure, as try and make sure that you don't put people off and make sure that everyone is feeling comfortable. In an ideal world, I think having um, like gender segregation isn't like the best idea, like on a principal level in terms of like, like contact with the other gender is a good thing, right? Um, but it's basically like for, for our club, it whilst that is a great ideal, like in practice, like the needs of women because of how the structure is in domestically, the needs are so different like 
the standard is is hugely varied as has already been mentioned so there's just so many more needs that need to be catered to so and that's not a harm in of itself it's just something that needs to be accommodated for um and it does restrict like how much we can do with the men like we can't like we can only really take our advanced players to their sessions which is great but like we can't be as cohesive as we'd like and they pretty much outnumber us by like four times the size so yeah we're just restricted by in terms of like the dom overall domestic like structure of women's cricket and just how many women there are going into it despite having never played cricket before the university cricket team was the first society that i joined when i started uni they showed me how to play but they gave me more than that they gave me friendship they gave me a place to be myself still to this day some of my closest friends from university are those that i met on the cricket pitch i was able to be an individual within a society i was able to be an individual within a team many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And I'm so grateful for everything that they did for me. Obviously, you've spoken about your hot chocolate nights and your non-drinking socials. What are the other ways that you guys at your university women's um, cricket club, um, how do you address inclusion and diversity? Is there anything you guys do specifically that's maybe individual to the university? Um, and are there any specific initiatives or practices in place to make it just seem a bit more welcoming cricket can be quite intimidating as a sport I think it's probably one of the loneliest team sports out there so how do you ease the transition so currently there's hurry and quiz night it's about celebrating like the different nationalities within Cardiff Met uni cricket so it's joint between like the men's and women's within Cardiff Met cricket we currently have like 23 different nationalities of like men's and women's teams and um we basically we do this night every year so this is the third year i think we're hosting it of just um celebrating the like the diversity we have within the club and i think it just it reaches out like to different ethnicities as well within the university that kind of go like other clubs don't celebrate like this as much as us so i feel as well like it like attracts people to come oh this is happening with Cardiff Met like oh like I've never heard of this before like even though they haven't played cricket they're like but a curry and quiz seems open to them as well. This is also helping raise money for um we're going to Sri Lanka in April uh basically set up partially like it's self-funded so the students have to fund or fundraise to um but it's also for like global opportunities so this is one we got given some money for global opportunities for this um, because uh, there's obviously quite a big audience of cricketers within like South Asia. Um, so 
this is also another point of showcasing. We get quite a lot of international students swimming in around there, um, particularly our men's team. I think we need to work a little bit more on our women. I wouldn't say just necessarily as much diversity, um, but I suppose that that's the great game's growing. Hopefully that'll improve. But in the men's, it's already pretty well solidified. But yeah, the idea is that we're, we're going out to Sri Lanka to then put the, the university on a pedestal to try and show that this is what we do at Cardiff Met, come over and be an international Amazing. And in terms of kind of, are there any changes you guys would want to see in the landscape of women's cricket at the university level? There has been so much change at the domestic level at the moment in the women's game. We've got fully professional 11s being played literally earlier today or yesterday. It was announced that players in the 100 are now going to be earning a significantly larger amount of money now. Um, that's gone up whilst the men's salaries have, have remained fixed. Um but then also on the other side of it, me and Nikki have spoken a lot about women's county cricket and how there's been less and less fixtures in that respect, um, with the season pretty much ending in the middle of May in terms of official fixtures. So if you guys could make any improvements or advancements to the women's game at university, what would you like to see? This could be from travelling less distance for fixtures to more opportunities. Uh, the floor is completely open. Um, I think on a general level, I'm not sure what the statistics are, but... I get the vibe that the number of women's cricket clubs still remains very, very, very small in terms of compared to the number of men's university cricket clubs. So generally the change would just be to have more like women's cricket clubs. Um, We're in contact with like women's cricket clubs so often, but I feel like there were times where I forgot that actually the uh, accessibility for every uni around the country is still like quite lacking and not meeting the demands at all. And there is that drop off, like from county, lots of women just don't have it at uni still, which is a problem. And I guess my other point would be that I'd like Warwick to prioritise sport more (laughs) because it's very much emphasised on the community and academic success. Whereas I kind of feel like they don't see how sport can actually help you academically succeed and actually do better in the career ladder. Um, so yeah, just more of a one for Warwick as well. Don't worry, we'll at them in the podcast. Make it really personal. They're going to become our potential, like, I don't want to say enemies. They might hate us. It's cool. We're, we're ready for the battle. Izzy, have you got something to add to that? Um, yeah, I'd just love to see, like, more unis playing, just because when I think geographically, like, no one is close to Cambridge uni-wise, like, we don't play against any London unis. I don't know if they have any teams um, like Norfolk, Suffolk. There don't appear to be any unis playing like in Bucks because we play like the two Nottinghams, Warwick and Oxford and Loughborough. So like no one in East Anglia. So it's like quite interesting that, but and like when we went to Bucks, we had to go to Birmingham, which is like two and a half hours away from us. And yeah, it's just interesting, I guess, location wise how there's, no other unis near us so you can't even do like friendlies even if they didn't want to enter box like you have to go far to play games and like we're trying to play schools and stuff like that but obviously there's like it's kind of weird when you're playing like some schools have like you're nice students you're playing like 13 year olds and you're like 27 for some student it's just yeah interesting um like trying to create like I don't know an age community as well like university age cricket do you guys think that more could be done to almost 
support university level cricket in terms of the pathway of, a, of an English women's cricketer now that women and girls can look at this and say this is a, a career I can actually commit to I can get paid for I can commit to full time is there enough focus on university cricket as part of that pathway and if not how can there be more focus can I just add to Melissa's question onto that as well I'm not sure if you guys or who probably have been aware that obviously the lot of the boys university that have been partnered with the mccu obviously that stopped now but how important do you think that was in helping boost the status of men's university cricket and do you think it would be nice to have seen or see something like that in the future come in line for the women's game at university level so that gap can get bridged emma do you want to go first i don't know whether ours is an anomaly in the sense that I don't think I've ever personally benefited from the MCCU or, or the UCCU because it's three universities at first. It's USW, it's Cardiff Uni and it's Cardiff Met. So it can't necessarily, I don't think it can be affiliated more with one university than the other. So I know previously, like Sophie Laugh, uh, Lauren Parfit, people like that, they were able to train with them, but it's only for, I guess, the higher levels. Um, so it hasn't necessarily helped us in any way as a female as a female group and we didn't have our own mccu because i know like leeds and loughborough they've always had mccus uh, for women as well as men so we never really had that but to improve our game i think there definitely needs to be a better affiliation with clubs and or county because i suppose being directly affected by that i'm neither here nor there there's a lot more of an affiliation potentially with western storm and some universities in our area but that completely misses out those that don't fall into that category or are just playing club cricket in the area. So I think that, for me anyway, like playing for Wales, we're really lucky because we've got Amy and she's, the, the setup that she's got is amazing and with the local club. But, she, but not everyone has that. Not everyone has that setup. And I know in other counties, Somerset, where I was previously, like you say, the county season ends in what before it even begins, basically. So... And the club is kind of far and few between. We have to drive quite a fair distance to, to get club matches every week. So, yeah, just improving it, getting more leagues, getting more fixtures, I think is a massive thing. Um, like on your pathway question, Melissa, like I would say university cricket doesn't really fit into it. So like my club team is stronger than our university team. Um, just I, I play for quite a strong women's club because we are the only club in Cambridgeshire, but like it is stronger. So like I play university cricket because I like the people, but it's not really helped me in the pathway. What I'd say is like restricted me because like I was with Sunrisers and they really didn't like that I wanted a degree. Like they wanted me to just play play cricket all the time. They were like, we want you that like the degree should be secondary. Um, and like I didn't want to do that. So like if I just felt and I was the only like player at university like in, in my academy squad. So I think they kind of, just didn't seem very welcoming about education at all um whereas like county cricket because it's now so stripped back like we train once a week there's like six games like that's really easy to balance with uni but again like the the structure the pathway is like very uncoherent I just want to add as you said there (laughs) the moment when you said they, they didn't quite want their education to go first I saw the Indian parent and Nikki slightly die inside then like I could feel the disappointment. Oh my goodness. It was it was it was very stressful to see. Now pretty sure everyone saw that. Like I just couldn't be my stomach just dropped. I was like, wait, what? 
we've got to start rounding things up. So to kind of finish things off, we've got a bit of an open question going to all of you. This is your chance to tell some of the biggest success stories or fun anecdotes from your club, memorable moments or achievements, or if you just want to each say one sentence of advice to convince people to get involved with university cricket, this is when I'm saying compulsory participation. So, Imi, start us off. A story you want to tell or some advice you want to give? Thanks for picking me. Um, Okay, well... I know we say that university cricket is great because it encompasses all abilities and it's just going to get really embarrassed. I'm going to say this, but I mean, our team isn't strong and we play Oxford every year for our varsity. Um, and we went for our 50 over game at Arundel and we kind of, I think we chased 300 and something runs, um, but one player may or may not have got a double century. And I think it just highlighted that you only actually need one player to be able to play cricket, to be able to tie a game on the last ball. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is a team sport and obviously everyone had to stay in to keep it going. But it also does provide the opportunities for individuals to kind of showcase and shine, which is quite nice. In 2020, we won national indoor finals. I think the main thing I'd say is, we need to make better cricket teams because we can't let Loughborough win every damn trophy every single year. Stick to the back teeth of it. Um, but yeah, 2020 was the year that we won because ex, um, Loughborough managed to knock themselves out, which was cherry on top. They were their twos knocked out their ones in the group stages. We beat extra in the finals and then we won. So I'd just say like advice, get involved with it, whether you're good, whether you've never played before. It's just a really good fun part of university um and yeah just get as many people playing the only way we're going to get better is we get more people involved and then we'll be able to be able to contend with big big leagues izzy you go next i just say like as uh, emma was saying like just join i think there'll be something that you'll love within it um even like we have like some very chill members who might come to like three sessions a term but they're there because there's a really good bunch of people and i think well yeah from my Cambridge experience with Immy like it's quite a distinct club like I play other sports and like it's so drink heavy that if you don't do that you feel completely excluded whereas like with cricket I don't know about it the people I've met at other unis as well just seem like really really friendly girls um and then like yeah you could either just be there for the cricket you could be there for the social you could just be there for some exercise which we have quite a lot of people doing that um, and yeah, there's something you can find within it, or just like sunbathing. I mean, some of our girls love sunbathing. Just like, there will be something you can find within cricket that you love, and like it might seem like really complex, and like you need loads of kit, and then like oh, you don't pay anything in the winter. Like, what's the point in training all year? Like, there are like so many small positives that you can find within it, um, and something you can love. And Chloe, to finish us off, yeah, I definitely say just just join. No matter if you have conflicting feelings, just join because. Honestly, the experience I've had at university cricket, especially at Cardiff Matt, it's become like a second family to me. Um, the group of girls that we've got, like even especially within my first year of university, um, we went to national finals indoors and we were playing a semi-final against Durham. We needed, I think it was two runs to beat them to get through to the final. Um, we were batting and our batter hit the ball and if, if anyone wants to watch the video, it is on Instagram. Someone um, 
painted over the video with Titanic like music. And um, the reaction to us winning that game um, was everyone was jumping in the air. I think someone lifted someone as high as they could possibly go up into the air. But honestly, the feelings that you like and the experiences and memories you create, it's honestly it, the best feeling ever. And on that heartwarming note, thank you so much to Immy, Izzy, Chloe, Emma and Evie for coming on the podcast and sharing your experiences. It's been so, so great to have you guys on. Thank you so much to our wonderful guests for coming on the podcast. You know, university students have busy lives. So for all of them to speak to us on a Thursday evening, great commitment. And they shared some really wonderful bits of advice and stories about their experience of the game. Nikki, your university experience before we round this all up, because it's been a long old episode. You guys are welcome. We know you love listening to us. Or if you're Nikki, you love staring at my face before you go to bed so you can have dreams about it. Nikki, what was your university experience like? Right, so I had a really weird university experience with cricket, okay. So I went to Royal Holloway on a cricket scholarship. As in, like, I didn't go to the university for a cricket scholarship. I went to study it, but then I applied for the scholarship. And I got a scholarship for cricket, right? But I never played a game for the university in the three years I was there. Like, I wasn't part of the women's team. There was barely, like, a setup, And then... They were like, oh, you can play with the boys if you want or you don't. And then I went and saw one training session. There was way too much testosterone. But for the three years, I was a scholar. I got free massages, free PT. I got to miss bits of uni to go train and not always train. It was the weirdest thing. Like I was on a cricket scholarship and I never played cricket. Well, do you want to know my cricket experience? I dressed up as a Dalek. I dressed up as Megamind. I dressed up as King Julian. And I dressed up as the Titanic. Oh, and saving the best or last, I dressed up as an OXO cube because my car broke down in the middle of Southampton and the AA man said, if you ever have a food-themed social, dress up as an OXO cube. So I did. I was the queen of fancy dress at socials. I'm going to accept that. And it's gone downhill since then. But university, it was just great. And we'll be back with you hopefully soon. Once there's a bit more cricket around, of course, get in touch with us at Storylines Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Vote for us in the sports awards, Nikki. And can we please podcast at a more sociable hour next time, please, Melissa, with all my love. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.